So um, if this thing goes ultra viral, we become famous yeah. podcasters, and we just get millions of dollars. We get to go on a trip. Where do you? Where are you taking Cat? Anywhere around the world? Oh, dude! Like next level trip? Yeah, next level. I'd have to go back a couple of episodes to be a little bit more physically healthy. <laughs> but, uh, dude, I would do the Himalayas. Mm. Like To do what? To hike. It's like a four-month journey. Oh, my gosh. That sounds miserable. No, dude. Just like. Really? Dude, Jake Gyllenhaal in Everest, bro, just getting after He ends up dying, but. <laughs> <laughs> that is what your future would be in that. You know, but at least, you know, I'd live a full All life. Right. I'm going to the I'm going to Egypt. I'm cruising down the Nile and I'm going to see the pyramids. And uh that's where we're going. Do the pyramids. All right. You know, uh this going back to last week, this might not be the most emotionally healthy. But oh, I saw this say. funny reel where it's like, you know, another place has pyramids and no one questions who made them. Like in Egypt, they're like who, who, where did these come right, from? Right, right, who right, made right, this? Right. Like in Mexico, we have pyramids too. <laughs> no one's questioning who made those. All right, but I have been to the Mexican pyramids. It's not the same. The aliens created the ones in Egypt. Maybe we'll see. To. All right, let's jump into it. Made for more, week six. Let's go. Welcome back to the Made for More podcast, man. We've been having such a fun journey this season, and uh, we are officially diving in to episode six, which is all about the socially healthy leader, which all of us can, you know, improve on and get better at. And it's here's the thing: is it something that each and every one of us, regardless of what position you have, regardless of what status you have, we all are social beings, and so being healthy from a social standpoint, is critical. It is absolutely critical. We have talked about five different um, areas of your life. Uh, this will be the fifth one, area of your life that you need to get healthy at. And as a leader gets healthy, the organization gets healthy, the family gets healthy, everything happens um, better. So we're going to talk about the socially healthy leader. And I'm actually shocked. It's normally between physically and socially healthy that most leaders, especially most pastors I know, um, are the most unhealthy in. Because yes. they buy into this lie that it's lonely at the top. For sure. And the reality is it's not lonely at the top. It's lonely where you choose to be lonely at. Because yes. if you decide wherever you're at that you know you cannot be around community, you can't be around people, um, you will live an isolated, broken, sad life. Yes. And we are created for community. Social health is like... Simply this, it's a community of people to do life with, and you've got to have it around your life. Yeah. And I'll tell you another lie that leaders believe is like, well, at my level, I just have a hard time. There's, It's hard time finding friends because yeah. I'm at this level. Let me just be real with you. I mean, let me tell you, you might be a PhD in one area, but you have an elementary education in another area of your That's life. Good. So you might be a PhD in the sense that you can build an unbelievably big business, but you might have a, an elementary education in the fact that you don't know how to raise your family. Yeah. So don't put yourself on some pedestal and go, I can't have friends that are not at this level financially with me uh, because they're not at this level financially. We can't be friends when they could be far ahead of you in so many different other areas. So yeah, community is a choice that leaders have to make because God designed us and developed us for community, I said it in our opening week, but I'll say it again. The first thing God condemned was not sin, it was solitude. 
And you need friends. You need people to do life with. And we see it all throughout the scriptures. All throughout the scriptures. scriptures. Jesus had the disciples. If anybody could have done life alone, it would have been Jesus. Moses had Aaron. Abraham had Sarah. David had Jonathan. Paul had Barnabas. Actually, Barnabas' name actually means the encouraging one. Why did Paul change the world? Because he had somebody in his life to encourage him when life is so discouraging. You need community. Yes, and and I'm excited about today because I think this is a, a problem um, that a lot of church leaders face, a lot of leaders in general, yep. but I think it's apparent in the church, and I know we're going to dive in and give some real practical application. But I think, again, just as we've done in, in previous episodes, the idea that you have to... Um, you know, get real with yourself yep. on, like, think about it. I mentioned it in a previous episode about the lady in the church uh, who had been in small groups. She was doing all of this stuff. Her kids were in the youth group, etc. Her car battery died, and she was in tears because she didn't have a genuine friend. She yep. had no one that she could call, and uh, and that's unfortunate. So, you know, we were just at a conference um, a few weeks back, and thousands of people in the room. We have people that we're connected with on social media. We have all of these acquaintances, but I think the purpose of, the ta- of, of today is not just being around people, but being in real relationship. Real relationship. It's it's true connection and intimacy. When people think of intimacy, they think of sexual intimacy, and that's obviously designed for marriage with your spouse. But intimacy in a relationship is so crucial in the sense of like, just get to know someone on a real level. I think it's very easy in our world today to be surrounded by people and be totally alone. Absolutely. Surrounded. And it's unfortunately more common than than we realize. It, it, it forever, I mean, for so many people, I mean, our services, I mean, there, there could be hundreds and hundreds of people in the room, and you can feel totally isolated. Yeah. Because just because you're around people doesn't mean that you have actual connections with people. So you've got to be intentional about going, I need to find some great friends, I need to find some great community, mm-hmm. and intentional with them. Um. I I had to practice this early on. Like, I'm not just going to do life with people around me. I'm going to do life with people actually getting to know me and me knowing them. Yeah. So asking good questions, connecting with people on a deeper level. Yeah. Um, you know, we used to play games in college. You know, some of them got a little inappropriate and crazy. But <laughs> but in college, we yeah. play hot seat, and we put someone in the hot seat, and we just grill them with questions all the time. Yeah. Um, me and you will hang out. We'll go on yeah. a trip together, and and I'll you know ask tons of questions, get to know people, because I'm telling you, you got to get below the surface with people. That's where real community happens, so that you can connect with people relationally. So let's give some keys. Yeah. Give some keys. We're gonna help you with this. Because relationally, uh, I'm telling you, I think that the quality of your relationships will determine the quality of your life. That's so good. The quality of your relationships determines the quality of your life. Yeah. So when I'm in a world where I want to enjoy life, want to have an abundant life, want to have it to the full, I realize we got to have right relationships in our life. So three things, we'll kind of break them down for you, and I think it'll be helpful. First of all, if you want a friend... You gotta, You've got to be a friend. Yes, and you, be friendly. Yeah, and be friendly. Yeah, it's shocking to me where people are like, I just can't find anybody, and then I'm like, I'm hearing them talk for a minute or two, going, I don't know if I'd be your friend either. Like it's, yeah, you're just tough. you're abrasive. You're not self aware. You uh, you say this statement, and I hear people say this all the time. You know, nobody ever invites me anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, well, then who did you invite out? Well, I haven't invited anybody. Well, yeah. then that's 
If you want a friend, be a friend. Yes. Invite some people out. Be the initiator. Well, I'm not normally the initiator in the relationship. Well, initiate. And and one thing with that, I've realized that, um, and families deal with this, friends deal with this. Every uh, human, this is a human problem. Yep. Uh, but it, to church leaders specifically, is you have to avoid the victim mentality. Yes. Oh, I, uh, because we're seeing people do things online, or we we hear about the memories are made, and naturally, and this isn't everybody. This is a. a, a Percentage of the population listening, though, for yep. sure. So if this is you, lean in. Is that when we we can't celebrate other people's community, we actually get offended by it, and then we take wow. we become a victim, yep. which then unfortunately takes us deeper into the pit to where people have a harder time connecting with us because we we just have that victim mentality. Absolutely, and we have to you know we can't have FOMO. It's like reach out, like make some plans, call some people, yep. uh, initiate. I think be intentional. Initiating in the relationship is first of all it's hard and it's awkward. By the way, can I just say this? It's harder the older you get. Yeah, for sure. It is. It's hard to make friends in your upper. 30s and yeah. 40s and stuff. Thank God for our friendships. Thank God for the people in my life that have been there for 20 years. But making new friends in your 30s and 40s and 50s is very hard. And honestly, it's really awkward. Yeah. But you have to just take the initiative. Like you have to sit there and go, I'm going to reach out. And the victim thing that you mentioned is so crucial. It's like that, you know, it's like Sally has a problem with Johnny. Sally has a problem with Rachel. Sally has a problem with, <laughs> with Rebecca. Sally yeah. has a problem with Joseph. And then Sally comes to complain to you, and you go, Sally, Sally has. A I think you're the problem. <laughs> yes. Sally's the problem. Yeah. So don't become the victim. Become sit there and go own it, and go. I'm going to make this thing better. I'm going to figure out. First of all, I'm going to figure out why is nobody reaching out to me. Yeah. Am I unapproachable? Mm-hmm. Am I distant? Do I run through the crowd very fast to get in and out of the service? And did I de- decline the last few invitations? Exactly. Yeah. That's a huge one. Yeah. People are like. Well, of course we didn't invite you out. You told us no the last five times. Yeah. Um, and and then when I go out with people, am I making them feel better? Like, am yeah. I making their life better? That's good. Um, like, nobody wants to be around people who don't, like, celebrate them. Like, you know, like, people like to be around people who like them. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to be around people that tolerate me. I want to be around people that celebrate me. That's good. So if you become people's fans... You will have no problem with friendships. Yeah. Because everybody wants a fan around them. Mm. So if you want a friend, be a friend. I know it's very practical, it's very uh, foundational, but just understand it's crucial when it comes to you living a socially healthy lifestyle. Yes. And it's crucial for the positional um, positions that a lot of church leaders are in. Uh, maybe even having, I think it's great to have some friends on staff. But also maybe you have some friends that are off. Like just the idea that you can do – we talked about it in a previous episode. The real you having a real relationship, not just the facade. Yep, and it's it's so crucial that you have that. I mean – we, I've got it on the staff. And by the way, I'm, I'm not weird about this. There's a whole weird thing about having friendships on your staff. And um, I think that can get weird. We've seen it get weird in the past. But like, I'm all about like build relationships with people. I'd, if you're going to err on one side, err on the side that you trusted that people could be friends with you. Yeah. Like, now, I've seen it happen where people have done it and they've gotten awkward with the relationship. Mm. And they have, you know... Then they stop honoring the position. They stop, you know, uh, looking at you as their pastor. And, yeah. you know, I, like, I don't want some person on my staff, you know, that serves with me. is like, hey, bud, what up? You know, I'm like, 
come on, I'm, I'm your pastor, I'm your boss. Yeah. Like, there's a level of respect there. But at the same time, let's go get coffee and hang out. Let's, like, let's, let's, let's go to a lightning game together. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to err on, always on the side of putting... Um, of, of, of reaching out and being socially connected. All right, so the first thing, if you want a friend, be a friend. Here's the second one, is you've got to pick your friends wisely. Yes. Because not everybody needs to be in your circle of friendships, and not everybody should. Yeah. Um, and by the way, some of the most available people are the people you don't want to be around. So Which you got to pick that. Yeah, wisely. clear sign of why they are. There's a clear <laughs> sign. We we use that when we talk about developing a volunteer culture. We're like, hey, some of the people that are willing to volunteer for you know everything <laughs> are the people you don't want to volunteer for anything. Um, and it's the same thing with friendships. You don't want the most available person. Yeah. The Bible tells us you walk with the wise and you will become wise. wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. In other mm. words, you're going to put yourself through some pain. If you surround yourself with some yeah. losers, yeah. So if you want to become a loser, surround yourself with losers. You want to come become broke, sound, surround yourself with broke people. Mm. You want to sur- uh, you want to become a winner, surround yourself with winners. You want to become someone who is spiritually connected with God, surround yourself with people who love Jesus. Yeah. You want your life drama free, surround yourself with people who don't love drama and don't change your life. Because you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. You've heard it before. That's really good. Um, one thing, uh, and this applies to just those that are, are married and, and you know have have a spouse or you know maybe engaged or boyfriend girlfriend. I feel like there was so much pressure to find like couple friends, which is great. Like, yep. uh, and yep. there there are like Cat and I love you and Katie, and so there are those that are going to happen. Yep. But something that Cat and I really realized is there's sometimes, and and obviously we we're friends with all of them. But we might not be best friends with the couple, but I might have a really great relationship with this guy. And I think in the earlier days of our marriage, it was like this unspoken expectation of like, you have to be best friends with his wife or yep. I have to be best friends with her husband. And of course, we can hang out cordially. Sure. But I might have a close friend outside of a couple friend, if that makes Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. I, I just think that that's an easy way. Uh, if you're listening and you're a you know you're a married or engaged or boyfriend girlfriend whatever, like don't put so much pressure on that everything has to be so streamlined. Actually, and yet I actually think it's kind of healthy. Yeah. Like Katie and I have friendships together, but um, my brother and I, I mean, we'll go hang out. Uh, we'll try to play golf. We're not. I'm not very good. He's very good. <laughs> Um, but we'll hang out. We'll go see a movie. We'll go do stuff. And I don't feel obligated. Like, oh, our spouses have to be there, even though yeah. I, his wife is amazing and him, her and Katie yeah. get along great. But there's great relationships. For I'll sure. go. There's these guys I work out with, and they're you know guys I run with. Yeah. And I mean, their their spouses go to Radiant. It's awesome. But I'm not hanging out with them all the time. Mm-hmm. These are these are some of my guys I hang out with. So I think it's just crucial that you you find some people that you can connect with. That you want to be like and you want to learn from. So there's three qualities I always look for in a friend. Yeah. And by the way, again, t- I tie this to to the first um, lesson. If you want a friend, be a friend. Here's the three qualities that I would work on if you want to become more socially healthy. And the first one is is being loyal. People need loyal friends. Yeah. Like I'm not a bandwagon. I'm in. I'm with you one week. I'm not with you another week. I'm loyal. Like I'm loyal. You know who your friends are when you go through a hard time. That's and good. I'm telling you. Um, I used to say you know who your friends are when de- uh, depending on who helps you move. 
Yes. Now I've changed that because I don't help anybody move. <laughs> but I'm yes. still a good friend. Yes, that's I, good. I will I will encourage you to hire movers as a good friend. Yes. But loyalty matters. It's it's so true. Yeah, loyalty. Um, uh, a few other ones is that they're genuine. Like it's a genuine, genuine. relationship. Which, by the way, I think with that, lo- you can loop this into loyalty and and genuineness. Like if it's always surface level conversation, very good. It's like that, which is it has a place. You know, it's yep. like you can't go super deep really with everyone right away. So. Small talk has a place, but small talk lets us know how surface level the conversation is. Yep. Is if we never get into it, or if it's always just about the random things that are going on in the world, um, then that's a good sign of like, maybe I need to, A, either, maybe this person is an acquaintance and that's okay. That's fine. Yep. Or like, maybe try and like, hey, have I ever actually gone a little further with this particular friendship? So good. Have I ever actually like dug in? It's like through the moments, which I'm a big fan of finding those maybe isn't in the day to day. Maybe that is in, you know, we've had the, you and I have had the, the privilege of like doing a little bit more traveling where you can go a little deeper. You can. Um, but I think the genuineness and then, you know, the third one that I know you're a big fan of is challenging. Yes. Like that we have to challenge each other. A relationship, you know, you mentioned Luke, your brother. Yeah. It's like, yes, there's loyal. Yes, it's genuine. But it's also going to be some challenging things. Like, hey, man, you're a little off here. Like, You have, have you, to yeah. have that. A good... Uh, let me just hit on the genuine and the challenging because I love what you said about getting below the surface. Um, I traveled with my daughter um, this a uh, f- few days this week, and I took her, and I recognized about halfway through the trip that you can have conversation without having depth. Yes. You can actually, uh, let me say it this way. You can have conversation without having connection. Yes, that's so good. You can. You can talk to somebody and not connect with somebody. Because connection and conversation are two different things. Con- connection is conversation with depth and intentionality. Mm. And that's a game changer. That's so good. So halfway through the trip, I started doing what I would do with you and what I would do with different buddies of mine that I've traveled with is I pulled up an app that has really good questions. And I'm sitting there diving into, you know, how are you thinking about this? How are you feeling about this? And what happened is now you're getting to their soul of their person and you're going, man, I really, I genuinely want to know about this because it's not enough just to have a conversation. You've got to have connection and connection happens when there's depth there that you get genuine with each other. You start actually hearing their heart Mm -hmm. and what's going on in their life. I mean, you have those conversations. It's so crucial. It's, hey, how's things at home? What's yeah. going on with your life? What are you dreaming about now? Yeah. So those, those statements are huge. And then the challenging side, having someone that can look at you and say, dude, you're off in this. Mm-hmm. It's weird. If nobody challenges you, you'll never change to be yeah, who God's called you sure. to be. And most of the time, the Holy Spirit sounds like either my wife or my close friends. Mm, that's, that's who really the Holy good. Spirit sounds like. Because my wife has always kind of speaks uh, challenging words to me. But it's also my friends. It's my brother. It's you guys. It's people that step into my life and go, that was weird. Yeah. Like, why'd you do that? Why'd you post that? Why are you doing that? Like, I'm saying this because I genuinely know, I mean, I genuinely love you and I want you to get better. Yeah. And you have to have those people in your life. I think it's it's absolutely critical. And I think for us, um, for a majority of church leaders, especially those that are leading uh, where there's a lot of growth, it's it's a lot of people, your staff's gotten larger all of these different components is that we are, and I'm going to make a statement that is at the risk of, because I I know this isn't everyone. Some people do better than others, but 
it we're conditioned for surface level conversations. Yes, we are. We're conditioned for like, hey, you good? Hey, man, how's this? And then we just move on. We have we have a lot of quantity and a low Very quality. Good. And yep. um, and again, we're not going to be best friends with everyone. So I, yep. I don't want to put the pressure on there that we need to have every staff member and every person that we ever meet that we're going to be like best friends with that person. I don't think that that's a reality. Um, but I think we have to get past what you're saying. Like your daughter, like you realize yep. that. Like it's so easy. We're conditioned to have good conversation without yep. any connection. That is so important. And so let me just challenge you on that. Take your relationships to the next level. If you want to friend, be a friend, be loyal, be genuine, challenge other people um, in a life-giving way. Nobody wants to be around someone they have to be on eggshells around yeah. either. So let me tell you, you challenge me, but don't challenge me every time we're around each other. Sometimes let's just have fun. Let's just have a good time Yeah, because that could get a little draining at the same time. Um, here's the last thing is when it comes to, so you want to be a friend, you want a friend, be a friend, make sure you have good qualities and the friendships you're looking for. And here's the third thing for an emotionally I mean, a socially healthy leader is you got to remove toxic people from your life. Mm, that's good. There are people that I've had to intentionally remove from my life because they um, they were not healthy for me. Boundaries are a leader's best friend, mm. and I want you to hear that wow. because so so much of your life. I mean, your life has been offered as a sacrifice unto the Lord. You have made a commitment, God. I'm all in, and you thought that meant. That because you got gave God every area of your life, you now have to give people every area of your life. Wow. There's two totally different things there. Yeah. Just because God has full control doesn't mean people need to have full control of your life. Mm. So I have no boundaries with God. I have plenty of boundaries with other people. And if people are toxic, they uh, don't respect your boundaries. They speak negative over to you all the time. They're not champion what God is saying in your life. Mm. You got to remove some people from your life. Yeah. No, that's and good. I've always grieved it when people have left my life, but I also realized that every time I want to go up, I'm going to have to give up. Wow. And many times the people that I'm having, what I'm having to give up many times is people, and that hurts. But I'm telling you, if you'll remove toxic people from your life, you will actually make the place for healthy people in your life. And yes. I'll say one thing about our yeah. staff. No, that's good. Because, um, let me say, if there's toxic people on your staff, we've had them. Now, we don't have any right now. So <laughs> if you're one of the Radiant staff, you know, we love you and you're, you're not toxic. But we've had some real yeah. toxic people in the past. And what happened is I was afraid to remove them because I thought if I remove them, I'm going to have a gap in the org chart yeah. and it's going to hurt. But what I didn't understand is me keeping them there actually kept healthy people from joining our team. That's so good. Yeah. And you want healthy friends. You want a healthy relationship. By the way, this is maybe a prophetic word for somebody. You keep going back to that toxic boyfriend, that toxic girlfriend, and it's keeping you from the holy boyfriend or holy girlfriend wow. that God's trying to get in That's, your life. Yes. So I know I'm preaching to you, but I want you to hear this. Your friendships matter. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to subtract before you're going to add. Subtract wow. the negative, add the positive to your life, and your life will go to the next level because the quality of your life is dependent on the quality of your relationships. I love that. And there's so much gold there. I do want to take a moment um, for, because uh, I know church leaders, all of you guys that are watching and listening, uh, you have full lives. Uh, yep. Uh, you know, if you're doing fully what God's called you to do, then, then it's probably a full calendar. And so it's like the question of how do I do everything? How do I 
keep a good relationship with my family, yep. uh, lead what God's called me to lead, connect with all of the, uh, the, the random people, connect with the church, like pastor and lead, and then also have friendships. Uh, one of our uh, team members, she's on our leadership team, Pastor Paula, uh, does a great job of illustrating the concentric circles. You know, she's got, what is it, 20 grandchildren. She's got six kids on, I think, three continents or whatever it is. Um, so she's a busy lady, right? She's got a lot to, to oversee. And so she, God gave her that kind of illustration. She, let me just pause. Okay. I, I didn't know we were going to talk about this. I love this. She got this from my sermon about four years ago. So I did the priority circles. She said, she said it louder. <laughs> she, she said it louder. And I love you, Paula Light, but this is stolen. I preached a whole message called the priority circle mm. and talked about the, most important relationships should go on the center. They get the most real thing, but I, you know, I had, inf you know, la, 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 over the last few weeks, we uh, talked about information. I just had information overload. And so I, I remembered and retained and applied Paula's. All right. There's so. two things that every preacher hates. I'm telling you, they hate it. One of it is when you preach a message and it's like, it's awesome. And then some other preacher says the same thing. And they come to you and they go, man, I just heard John Bevere said the most important thing is blah, 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 blah. And it's a quote, like you've already used it before. Yeah. And you're like, I've preached that for years. That's funny. Um, anyway, that's uh, the other one that every preacher just laughs about is when you come up and you go, man, when you said in your message, blah, 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 that changed my life. And you look at your notes, you're like, I never said that. Never said time. that actually. Anyway, priority circles is a big yes, deal. Yes, it is. It is. And I think that's where, um, so we're not going to, you know, I think, so if you want to give a, a little. No, I mean, I, obviously, let's hear what Pastor Paula says yes. about our <laughs> priority circles. All right. So obviously concentric circles, right? So yep. you've, you got a circle over a circle, you know, you get the idea. So the center obviously being what we started with in, in week two, uh, but really the first big category was spiritual. Yes. Our relationship with God is, is of utmost importance. If you're married, obviously your spouse is, yep. is going to be next in line, your children, um, and then so on and so on, uh, so forth throughout that, whether it's family, friends, yes. staff, all the different things. But being intentional, so some of my friends don't have as much time with me. Uh, you know, I don't have as much time with some of my friends as I do with my children, and that's okay because the, the way the circles outline, my kids Absolutely. need a lot more time than other people. So However, when I, yeah. I don't want to bypass it where it's get to the idea. And this is where it gets uh, negative. It's like, yeah. I don't have time for friends. That's right. the whole point right. of me saying all that is we have time for what we prioritize. Well, the people in the closest part of that circle should get the best of you. Yeah. And the problem with it is, here's the reality, is the people closest to the center of that get the worst versions of us. And the yeah. people on the fringe side of it, which is basically social media and the rest of the world, mm -hmm. get the best version of us because they wow. get the filtered version of us. Yeah. So you're scrolling for seven hours a day. Who are you investing in? You're investing in that outer realm, which is the rest of the world. Wow. And I would challenge you, make your best investments where it matters most. You know, my goal is not to be famous, but it's to be famous in my own home. There's no purpose of winning the world and losing your family. So that, that's why that circle matters. I yeah. mean, we were talking about how we were at this big conference and there's 2,000 pastors there and I'm connected with a lot of them. But I knew because I had been traveling a lot that I um, needed to connect with my oldest, my 10-year-old. So I took her on the trip with me. That was a sacrifice. It cost money. It cost time. I knew I wouldn't be able to invest in a lot of other relationships that were there. But I knew at that moment, this is the most important relationship to wow. invest in. And it was a massive win. 
So be very careful with that. When you look at that priority circle, you have God in the middle. That's your daily time with God. You have your immediate, you know, you know, covenant relationship. That's your spouse. That's your children. You, and, and it continually goes out. You have your your ministry, the people you're doing ministry to. So it goes out and just give the best part of you to the most important people in your life. Very good. Listen, you your quality of life is dependent on the quality of your relationships. Mm. Be intentional. Invest in them. Yeah. And I think it will help you. Next week, by the way, is the finale. The finale. Of this season. This season. And I'm telling you, it's going to be really good. We're going to talk about financial health. Don't miss it. You're made for more.